Hola, amiga. I believe the only way to create a life of your dreams is by taking massive action that makes shit happen. Basically, amiga, handle your shit. Yes, I said that. Handle your shit. Stop playing small and start breaking down cultural limitations, gain back your feminine power, and become the unapologetic and unstoppable Latina you were destined to be. This show is meant to inspire, motivate, and awaken your soul's potential. You will learn from business professionals, successful entrepreneurs, and creatives that will teach you mental corrections, insider tips, success strategies, and of course, a dose of personal development. I am your host, Jackie Tapia, lawyer, transformational life coach, and entrepreneur. I am also a wife and mom to a little badass Latina. I'm obsessed with changing the Latina's mindset and breaking down cultural barriers so that you can live your best life and step into your true power and start living a life of abundance in all ways and always. Join me for inspiring conversations with thought leaders and learn how to handle your shit. ¿Estás lista? Vámonos. Hello, 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 amigas, and welcome to Amiga Handle Your Shit podcast. I have a wonderful soul here with me today. Her name is Carissa Hernandez, and she is the co-founder and visionary behind Legacy Full Circle Financial and Insurance Services, The Empire Tavern, House of Chelas, and Nativo Highland Park, and the proud daughter of Mexican immigrants. After earning degrees at Cal Poly Pomona and UCLA, she began her career as a teacher in Los Angeles public school system until the 2008 recession that brought her first call to action. She launched her work as a school teacher by day and financial educator by night. As Legacy Full Circle took flight, Carissa was inspired to meet unmet needs in her community connecting with other first-gen people of color and underrepresented groups. And she opened three craft beer and cocktail businesses over the next four years, establishing herself as one of the standout female entrepreneurs in a male-dominated industry. Her work has been in the Los Angeles Times, ABC Vista LA, LA Magazine, Easter LA, Telemundo, UCLA Magazine, and more. Today, Carissa successfully runs her three businesses while still working to give back. She has partnered with over a 100 creatives, aspiring entrepreneurs, small business owners, and restaurateurs of color. Through her work, she shares advice, words of wisdom, and everything she wishes she would have known in business through her mentorship sessions and other spirited entrepreneurs like herself. So there's so much about Carissa, and you're going to see in this interview, she's so heart-centered and very community-conscious, and I love her to death. So, amigas, without further ado, this is Carissa Hernandez. Welcome, 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 amiga Carissa, to Amiga Hand Your Shape podcast. Thank you so much, Jackie, for having me. It's such an honor to be here with you. Oh, the honor is truly mine. And amigas out there, I met this beautiful soul at a pop-up. And I thought, mira nomás, 
like I started hearing all the beautiful things that she has done. And I'm like, of course, I'm going to have her on the podcast because I need to share her. I need to let everyone out there know about her. And, you know, this podcast is heard all over the world. And I'm just hoping that those who come to LA come and visit her bar. So let's talk a little bit about how this all happened, Corisa, because guess what? You're a native Angelina and we need to let everyone know your personal lifestyle here at the podcast. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, I would love to have anybody that wants to come visit here in Los Angeles. I am at Nativo in Highland Park. But just a little bit about my background. I always like to share that I'm the proud daughter of hardworking Mexican immigrants. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important, especially on a journey of an entrepreneur coming from a background where you didn't have rich parents or rich uncles, no one to guide you along the way. If I think a lot of us first generation entrepreneurs share that struggle and challenge and the unique challenges of learning along the way and trial and error and building resiliency, right? And so I think that a lot of that immigrant spirit is what has led to a lot of success that we've had in entrepreneurship and especially running bars through a pandemic. You know, I had three bars through a pandemic and that was insanity. But getting back to how I grew up, you know, my parents always uh, stressed the importance of education. Mm -hmm. Uh, For them, that was the end all and the American dream for them. So, you know, I was one of those kids that really admired my parents and was inspired by their stories and knowing that they left everything they ever knew behind to give me opportunities that they could only dream of for themselves. And so, that didn't weigh lightly on me and I performed to that level. And so I did pursue higher education. I went to Cal Poly Pomona for my undergrad and I studied sociology and Chicano Chicana studies. And I like to share that because I am a social conscious entrepreneur who likes to be very involved in the community. So I don't limit the work that I do to my four walls. It's about how are we active members of our local community in advocacy, not just for immigrant communities, but for small business owners in these communities. And then after that, I decided to go to UCLA to pursue a master's degree in education. And I was actually a middle school teacher for a little while prior to all of this. (laughs) I taught sixth and seventh grade English and history, and I absolutely loved it. I was extremely passionate about working with our youth. I'm still in contact with a lot of my former students. But something really important happened during the time that I was teaching, and that was one of these milestones for my parents. And that was my dad retiring. So he had worked 30 plus years for the company that he was with and really dedicated himself to building this company. And he was a hardworking, disciplined employee. And so for me, it was hard to understand why someone who had dedicated so much passion and drive to their work could be led to having a retirement with little to no money. And so I took it upon myself to kind of look at what happened in his journey and me starting off as a teacher, how I could prevent that from happening to me if I was going to dedicate my time and passion to this career. And so that's where the passion for financial literacy came in. And this was over 16 years ago where I just started kind of self-learning financial literacy 
And I became so passionate about it that I decided I wanted to get licensed, mainly just to manage my own accounts. Yeah. Yeah. You're like not thinking this is going to be a full-time job because you're a teacher, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. But then it did become more than just the like half time. Like you were kind of moonlighting, if you will. Right. Yeah, so, yes. Again, like I was just studying so that I can understand where my money was being invested, how my pension plan worked as a teacher and what supplemental retirement plans were available to me so that I could really have a dignified retirement. And so I would use my nutrition breaks, my lunch breaks to study. And so a lot of my coworkers during this time were like asking, what are you doing? Oh, I'm studying this. So then they started bringing me their statements. Like, can you help me? <laughs> and so that's where I was like, oh You're my like, God, I'm not the end. business here. <laughs> 100%. Like something so unintentional became a business. And I had to ask myself the difficult question do I leave teaching because this was already becoming a business? And so I found peace in knowing that there is a lot of very good, very passionate teachers that are out there really doing good for our youth. But in the financial industry, we are severely overlooked and underrepresented. And I think that that was the motivating factor for me to jump ship and enter the financial industry over 16 years ago. Yeah. And so this is the Legacy Full Circle Financial and Insurance Services? Yeah. So we founded our uh, our brokerage firm, a financial brokerage firm. And we dedicated ourselves to raising awareness in communities that didn't have access to traditional information when it comes to retirement plans, estate planning, life insurance. And so we are dedicated to educating in Spanish or reaching out to women, a lot of educators, small business owners. And it's been very rewarding. We're nationwide now and have helped thousands of families along the way in terms of financial literacy. Recently, we got a partnership with the city of Los Angeles to host workshops throughout the East Side. So we're really excited to be kicking off 2024 with an East Side Empowerment Tour around financial literacy. Oh, wow. That is so, so needed and so important. I'd love to support in some capacity because I think Thank this you. is very, very, very important, amigas. So if any, so we're definitely going to plug that into our show notes so that if someone wants to reach out to you, can reach out to you, correct? Yes, absolutely. Or plug into one of our workshops yes. um, free and, and accessible throughout the East Side um, next year. Yes, that's so exciting. So all the this beautiful momentum when it comes to financial services and insurance. But there was also another pivot. And I'd love for you to like talk about that pivot because I think as a woman starting an industry where it's predominantly male. So let's get to it, girl. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, definitely. And I'm glad you mentioned male-dominated industries because in relation to both financial industry and the bar industry, one of my first conferences that I had to attend in the financial industry, I was one of four women in attendance at a 200-person financial industry conference. And 
I was asked for cream and sugar because they thought I worked at the hotel. Oh my God. At that moment. (laughs) Oh my God. But I mean, these are things that, you know, our community faces as we're growing in our industries. Oh my Lord. Okay. Y Latina. Like it's a a double whammy, if you will. Right. Wow. Incredible. I hope this was years ago. And it, not- was, it was many years ago. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I hope that things are moving in a better direction, but if not, shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in relation to the bars, you know, my husband and I, we both work in the financial industry. And so obviously on the weekends, we like to have fun. And so one of our passions was craft beer at the time and craft cocktails. So we used to love going out to have a good cocktail or a good craft beer. We started traveling around the latest and greatest breweries and checking out some good brews. And so it was on a vacation actually in San Francisco to this location. I don't think it exists anymore, but it was called the City Beer Store. And so we thought it was such a cool concept because we walked in and they had a wall full of refrigerators that had craft beer, artisanal craft beer that's made by mom and pop breweries from throughout the United States and, and internationally. And what you could do is you just walk up, grab a beer, take it to the bar, they pop it open, and then you sit in this like living room style bar. And we're just like, wow, this is such a cool concept. Wouldn't it be neat to have something in LA like this? Mm. And so that's where the idea started brewing that if we could ever open a bar, we would love to have something like that. And so in 2000, oh my gosh, 2015, 2016, we opened our first bar and that was in the city of Eagle Rock. And it sounds easy and just kind of telling you the the surface. <laughs> yes, but it was not. Let's talk about how, let's talk about the challenges because okay. I think that is very important for, for amigas out there because, oh yes, we got to have a cocktail and there's a bar and it's so cool and whatnot. Oh my God, so easy. It is not. <laughs> and, so and so, yeah. And so I think that the greatest challenge, but blessing at the same time was not knowing what we didn't know. <laughs> yes. You know what? I always say that sometimes when we do know, it stifles us and we won't take action. It is it is a blessing, I think. It's definitely a bless, blessing in disguise to just jump in with two feet, full throttle, if you will. Yeah, totally. And my husband's one of those shoot now, aim later type of yes. people. So we just jumped in again, not knowing what the process was, how to operate a bar, how to get licenses, nothing. We just knew that this was something we were really excited about and passionate about and wanted to move forward with. And I think um, the biggest challenge that a lot of, um, you know, women and, and people of color, uh, small business entrepreneurs face is funding, the lack of access to funding when starting a business. And so At the time, you know, my husband and I had purchased a loft in downtown LA back when nobody wanted to be. I owned a loft in downtown LA. We bought in 2010. Okay. We bought in 2011. Yeah. Back when. Probably neighbors. (laughs) Probably. I was on at uh, Market Lofts. Oh, I was at Barker Block. Not too far. Not too far. (laughs) See? We have something in common. Yes, That's I know. Cool. It was so different back then. Oh my God. 
Yeah, it really was. So we we were excited about purchasing the loft. We loved the building. It was a really cool concept. But we saw what happened to the value of our loft in just like two years, I think. And so we thought, hey, this is the capital we can use. And again, rookie mistakes. This is the capital we can use to open our bar. So we decided to sell our loft to get the capital to open our bar. And this is something that now as a business mentor, I train others do not do. You know, these are assets that are important for you to retain. Right. So because we didn't know what we didn't know, the city of LA would take forever with licensing and permits. And this entire time we're paying rent. Yes. And architects and a consultant. And so, you know, we're watching the bank account just kind of dwindle down. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there's no end date because these permits are just taking forever for build out and, you know, liquor licenses and, you know, neighborhood council meeting, all the, the things. All the things. Jesus. Yes. And, and so it got to a point where we needed to raise more funds. And so we decided to sell another property, which was Gabe's childhood home. And so that was really hard for us, you know, because it was just kind of like, okay, this is a big deal. This is something that took generations to build up to. Yeah. It's all or nothing at this point. And, you know, you were risking big now. Right, right, so right. I think that was one of the hardest moments for us is knowing that the lack of access of funds now was playing into generational sacrifices that took a while to build. We were blessed that our parents really saw our vision, really believed in us and did what they could to support this journey that we were on. And so we did that. And that's how we came up with funding for our very first bar. Okay. And so tell us about this bar. Is it, it's not Nativo, is it, or is it Chile? So it was a craft beer bar in Eagle Rock, which we ended up selling shortly before the pandemic. You must have been like, thank God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, we were blessed to have an exit strategy. We sold the bar. It was always with the intention to have capital to uh, open Nativo because we we came across that opportunity. And yes, we were lucky enough to have sold it right before a pandemic, but also in a very challenging place to have purchased a bar right before a pandemic. And so, yeah, it, it was a very so, interesting. So let me ask you, I know that when you sell, you pay the taxes, then you got to reinvest that money. But did you get to the same predicament as the first time where it was just dwindling down? So no, luckily with the experiences that we had been through, we started learning a lot. You know, you fail forward in a sense. Like, what do I learn from this situation that can position me to be better off on the next one, right? So we learned about creative funding. You know, in, in our case, we have investors. So the nice thing about our first bar is that people who walked in and saw what we had created and what we were operating would tell us, oh, whenever you do another project, please let us know. We're very interested. And so what my husband and I started doing was kind of creating this Rolodex in our mind of like everyone who had said they were interested 
and collecting their information, whether it was a phone number or email. So when our second project came up, which was a bar in Burbank, a craft beer bar in Burbank, we reached out to some folks who had mentioned they were interested in either partnering or investing in the bar. And so that's how we opened our second bar, which was the Empire Tavern in Burbank. We recently sold that bar maybe a few months ago to Eagle Rock Brewery. So they're now running a a bar in our former location. Okay. Um, And we made the decision to sell that bar just because we had gone through so much through a pandemic. You know, the bar industry was one of the most severely affected industries and continues to be, you know, as we recover from the pandemic and face this like economic climate that we're currently in. Amigas, I've been asked from many, many, many women, where do you get your suits? Where do you get your tops? What products are you using? And guess what, amigas? I have a place where you can shop my store. So I'm going to drop the link underneath. It is called shopmy.us slash Jackie Tapia. And you'll find all my favorite things so that you can oftentimes get discounts there as well. So I love fashion. I love jewelry and just things that make us look good and great and feel amazing. And I am just so fortunate that I'm able to collaborate and be a part of this store called Shop My because not everybody gets that opportunity to be a part of it. So amigas, go there, have fun. And I will see you with some item that I love and I hope you love and and make you just feel so great. Because, you know, one of the things about self-care, it's also, you know, the external part that also works out, you know, wanting to look good and feel your best. Sometimes you need to look good in order to maybe possibly feel your little heart for one day at least. So usually I'm preaching the inner, outer, but today... I like for you to know that there's nothing wrong with loving the outerwear, right? So anyhow, amigas, I'm dropping that in the show notes so that you can also go and have fun. I come from the restaurant business. My family, we own a company called Tapia Brothers and we distribute food products. And anyhow, one of the things that many of the restaurateurs were doing was like selling cocktails to go. And I thought, marvelous idea. (laughs) Did you guys do that? Yeah. So we, we leaned on our creativity and this was more our next bar, which was Chela's in Boyle Heights. Okay. We opened Chela's in Boyle Heights in October of 2018. And so for me, this was one of my passion projects because Boyle Heights is the first home for my family in the United States. And it had always been a dream to open something in Boyle Heights as my way to say thank you to the community that gave us our platform. And so for us, opening Chela's was just this space that combined the urban elements of Boyle Heights to the rustic traditional Mexican elements of Guanajuato, which is where my family is from. And we created this vibrant space that really was representative of the community. And it quickly 
did well because the community embraced it so much. And so it started as a craft beer, you know, chill bar, but the community wanted to dance. So (laughs) what we never intended was for this place to kind of convert itself into a nightclub. A nightclub. Yeah, so it became known for its perreo parties and Bad Bunny playlists and DJs from the local community. And so all that said, because when it came time to pivot something like Chelas that had transformed into a nightclub to go cocktails, it took a lot of creativity and a lot of mental power and a lot of community support. And so we had never packaged anything before. So it was just kind of like calling friends who had these like businesses where they sold baked goods or something. I'd be like, hey, what do you know about bottles? Like, where do I order them and what sizes and what makes the most sense? Right. And then how do we price these bottles that are now like, they don't look like much, but you're going to get four cocktails out of it, but you're not drinking it at my bar, you're taking it home, you know? So it's just like, and you're learning on the fly yeah. because yeah. it's survival. It's right. survival. And then the city of LA adds this additional layer of stress on us where we cannot sell alcohol if you're not selling food. And so we were not a restaurant. So it was like, how do we do this food now? Yeah. And so what, what did you guys do? So we were selling food. So again, we leaned on community so much and uh, we are incredibly blessed to be part of the community that we are because everyone showed up. You know, we worked with a partner pop-up so that they could sell the food and we sold the alcohol. And then because we were known as a nightclub, we would work with some of our DJs to do a live stream on Instagram. So what we were telling folks is come pick up your cocktail kit and have a party in your living room and log into our live stream on Instagram. And it was really an effort to give people kind of that sense of everything's going to be okay. And we're here still providing good vibes. But at the same time, like we needed that support to get through a pandemic. Yeah. My God, that is super creative. Amazing. So now now that we're out of the pandemic, are you still selling your craft beer or alcoholic drinks to go or or are you uh, and selling them to retail? So we decided to do away with our to-go cocktails just because our bandwidth, we were blessed and got so busy. Our space is like Nativo where it was kind of a very big challenge to create the amount of cocktails that we do in any given night and also create cocktails to go. So we did have to do away with that just because we couldn't and we didn't have the space to store it, which I think if we did have the space to store it, we could perhaps continue our to-go cocktail program. But for the most part, I feel people are looking for, you know, a safe space to go out and have fun and be in Nativo and have those cocktails in the space. So that's what we're currently doing. And are you at Nativo, you're serving food as well? Yes. So Nativo is also serving food. And the really cool backstory about Nativo is that my husband was really inspired by us opening in Boyle Heights, which is where my family's from. And he was born and raised in Highland Park. And as Highland Park is quickly gentrifying, and you're not really seeing, you know, spaces opening that are as 
a welcoming or make you feel like you're welcome. If you're an original, you know, Highland Parker, Gabe wanted to create a space that retained the culture that he knew growing up in Highland Park. And so the space was created to pay homage to the original Highland Park. And you'll see that through some of the murals that we have throughout the space, while also creating an inviting space for folks that want to appreciate the cultural elements of what original Highland Park was. So our cocktails are tequila, mezcal, and Latino flavor profile forward. And the recipes that are in our kitchen are actually my mother-in-law's, so Gabe's mom's recipes. And again, to create that very homey experience of what he remembers Highland Park to be. Yeah, how beautiful. Oh, I love this story. I mean, you have chelas, which goes back to your roots, and then your husband has nativo going back to his roots. That's so beautiful. So what's next for you all? So we've been busy with the current businesses, our financial literacy program, Nativo. I believe in 2025, we are looking at opening another cocktail bar Mm -hmm. and continuing some international collaborations. You know, this last year, we were able to work closely with Mexico and we actually did about five pop-ups through Tijuana, Guanajuato, and Mexico City. So it's allowing us to create these opportunities, not just for our team to stretch their vision and grow and see these amazing opportunities of working across borders, but also creating this space that reflects like when we work on creative platforms, what life can be if borders didn't exist, you know, and these like, you know, these negative connotations of what it is to go to Mexico. And then also just kind of sharing the space. There's a lot of creativity in Mexico. You know, 11 of the top 50 bars in the world are in Mexico. I know. Isn't that, I mean, it's super neat, super cool. I'm just like, that's right. That's right. You know, (laughs) you know, all the bad press that we received for years about Mexicanos and we all know what happened and when Trump got elected and all the mumbo jumbo that were criminals and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. This is beautiful that, hey, we have a claim to fame that the whole world recognizes, right? So this is awesome. I'm so excited for you guys and what you, you're going to be doing with internationally. Wow. Incredible. Thank Bravo. you. Bravo, yeah. my friend. Bravo. And I, of course, you know, well, let me know about that 2025. Put in your contact list. For amigas out there, if if you're interested in something like that, you know, definitely send a message either to Carissa or to me and I will forward it over to her because, you know, I feel I love this. And I, I know there's a, as, some of us go through like the detoxification of alcohol, but then I'm like, being safe. Now we have Uber. <laughs> no more driving drunk. Over- well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I know. <laughs> yeah, we went drink responsibly. Drink responsibly. Absolutely. Well, 2025, I'm sure, is going to be amazing, and you've got so much going on. And so we already know how they can reach you. Is there yeah. anything you would like to share with us before we end this uh, our conversation today? 
I like that you mentioned, you know, that some folks like to detoxify and we've been very sensitive with community members that are sober. And so we've created a platform and a program where we create zero proof cocktails. And so this is zero alcohol and we treat them like we would any of our other cocktails where they are delicious. They are not intimidating to order. Mm. And no one wants to order a virgin pina colada. <laughs> we don't do that. We, we name just like any other cocktail and they're garnished like any other cocktail so you can feel included in the space. So that's really important for us. Another thing that I want to share is that one thing I've learned through the pandemic is, you know, studying sociology and understanding socioeconomic disparities that exist in communities of color. And, um, you know, a lot of the communities here in Los Angeles that are affected for me, it was amplified during a pandemic when our communities were lacking access to information, resources, and funding to survive. And so where Chelas is located in Boyle Heights along First Street in Mariachi Plaza, yeah. if you go today, you'll notice that an entire street has nothing but for lease signs because these businesses went under forever. Yeah. And so I took it upon myself to make sure that any resources and information that I came across, I was sharing with others who want to build stability with their business, think about creative funding, what information do they want to know from someone who's been there, done that, and especially in a brick and mortar space. So I provide a lot of information on my Instagram. There's just stuff I want to share. And then, you know, for, I take on very limited amount of people that I can mentor just because of the availability that I have. But that's all available on my Instagram and on my website. Okay. So your Instagram, why don't you repeat that here? Corisa Hernandez. That's uh, Corisa with one R, two S's. Hernandez. And uh, same thing as my with my website, corisahernandez.com. Thank you so much for that. So Amiga, before I leave you, can you share with us one or two tips on how an Amiga can handle her shit? I love this question. Tip number one is delegate. I think that sometimes we struggle because we are so used to, and especially as first gen, just kind of like helping our parents, helping our siblings, helping others. And we forget to know how to ask for help for ourselves. So delegating is something that is really helpful and you'll be surprised how many community members and you know your support system want to show up and help. So know how to delegate and ask for help. And then tip number two is take time to rest. <laughs> you know, resting is an art. I had to learn the hard way myself, but it's so important. I mean, if you're not taking the time out to rest, give yourself and your, your mind, your body that rest time, it can alter your creativity. Yeah. Uh, rest time is, you know, your car even needs little, you know, breaks. No, TLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a, you can't function if you're not fully rested. I mean, I, that I know for a fact. When you're stressing out or you have so much on your plate, it's really hard to to unwind. What do you do to unwind? So for myself personally, I really like working out. Mm. I know it sounds like, what the hell is that? How's that resting? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like that one hour of complete quiet. It's just me checking in with my body. It could be something simple as like just stretching a little bit or I love my Peloton. I get on. It could be a light ride, but it just kind of lets me 
quiet the world out. It's just me, myself, and I, and just kind of letting that. Another thing I like, I love incense. I'll put incense, candles, my favorite little playlist, and and sit back with a good book. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, these are amazing tips. I really definitely, I love delegating. I'm a queen of delegating. (laughs) (laughs) Even when I was like practicing law, like hardcore, I'm like, uh-uh, I don't do this, I don't do that, and do I mean, I help. I really have. I'm really good at that. But, you know, resting, that is a little bit more challenging for very high-achieving individuals. That's me, I know. Yeah. You know. So especially, like, for you, like, you have a nightclub, you have these bars. I mean, these are all, like, nighttime. So where do you find the rest? you do it in day or... Oh, you already delegated. You're not at the nightclub. You're not at the bar as much. Yeah. So it took me a long time to get there where I don't have to be in those spaces as much. In the beginning, I was there. Like we called it clopin from closing to open and open (laughs) to closing. But now I don't have to be there as often. So I do schedule it out. I I respect it as if it were an important meeting on my calendar. So it's blocked off like this is me time. And every morning I'm one of those 5 a.m. clubbers. So I get up early and I have my hour of working out and walking my dog, which I absolutely adore my doggy. (laughs) So it's just having the quiet time. That quiet time is super important. Well, I love it. I love it all. And I am so, so grateful that you're here to share your story. And Thank and you. I, I wish you so many blessings and so much more business because I think you're such a powerful Latina that I think that your name needs to be known all over the world. Thank you, Jackie. You too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here on Amiga Hand of Your Shit podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Amiga Handle Your Shit Podcast. If anything resonates with you today, please share it with your friends and subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Don't forget to share it on Instagram, Facebook, and other social media platforms. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at www.amigahandleyourshit.com. Thank you so much for listening. Gracias y hasta la próxima.